0: Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. On today, we have Danielle Desir Corbett, who is host of the Thought Card podcast and also founder of Women of Color Podcasters. She also has an incredible newsletter that does so much deep education about grants for creators. We're going to talk about um, what it might mean to make sure that young folks in our communities are learning about the doors that get opened when we learn more about grant writing applications. So we're going to get into all of that before we dig into this week's episode I do want to remind you that we are coming up on Read Across America. This is a National Education Association initiative. And with that date in mind, now more than ever before, it's a great time to support the nonprofit organization Pride and Less Prejudice. Pride and Less Prejudice fosters inclusive classrooms. classrooms they provide LGBTQ-inclusive books to pre-K through third grade classrooms to help students and teachers read out loud, read out proud. If you have not signed up for their free newsletter, please head over to www.prideandlessprejudice.org. Get signed up so that you can learn all about their impact, their events, and the education that they are offering. I also want to let you know uh, a number of listeners reached out to ask more about the generative AI and equity course that I created with Shifting Schools. And as a listener of this show, you can take 25 US dollars off that course with the discount promo code B-A-B-A, that's all caps, B-A-B-A, 25 at checkout. That promo code will be over there in the show notes, so you can get a little bit of a benefit for being a listener of this show if you're really interested in how we need to shape the conversation about tools like ChatGPT to make sure that we are centering equity in those discussions. The link to learn all about that course is also there in the show notes, where you're also going to find plenty of links to help you learn more about today's very special guest. So a little bit more about Danielle Desir Corbett, today's guest. In 2018, she founded the Women of Color Podcasters, which is a community with over 300 members. It is the first organization of its kind dedicated to amplifying the voices of women of color podcasters and audio creators from all around the world. W.C. Podcasters features a blog, job board, directories for service providers, and, of course, a supportive podcasting community. In 2019, Danielle Desir Corbett co-founded a virtual podcast summit called Podthon, Born out of the need for more representation at podcasting conferences across the U.S., Podthon features diverse speakers worldwide. Danielle has spoken at many podcasting conferences, including Podcast Movement, She Podcasts Live, DC Podfest, and Podfest Global Summit. She's also been a featured guest on over 100 different podcasts, so it is a great honor to welcome Danielle to this show. Danielle, you have so much experience, so much mentorship to offer to listeners. I really wanna do the absolute best that I can to spotlight all the different ways that folks can learn from you. Um, I would like to actually start with the origin story for Women of Color Podcasters, a space that you founded that now has, and please, again, correct me if I'm wrong with my numbers, over 300 members. Um, Can you say more about your journey as a founder? Yes. So
1: this is a winding story, but I'll start from the very beginning. So I've been blogging since 2015 and through my blog, that's how I started in the content creation space. I focus on travel and personal finance. And by the time 2018 came around, I had been listening to podcasts for years and I felt like I was sort of ready to like start a podcast. And I had applied for a funding opportunity, which roped in like grant money and like seed money and also podcasting training. And I applied thinking, okay. Specifically, it was for women of color. And I was like, how many women of color are interested in podcasting? Because when I would scroll on the Apple podcast, for example, top 100, there would be literally a handful of them. So I submitted for this opportunity and I thought that I was going to win because I thought that the odds were for me because there are not that many. Um, come to find out that uh, the day they were supposed to announce the winners on Twitter I did not see any announcement, but I did see like hundreds, if not thousands of women of color talking about podcasting and this specific opportunity. They were using a hashtag and I was so like just in awe of just how many people I was connecting with. So to stay connected, I started with a Twitter list and Twitter lists are not the best like engagement tool. They're good for sorting and organizing, but not engaging. So I decided that same day, within a couple of hours, I created a Facebook group called WOC Podcasters, Women of Color Podcasters. And I just mentioned it in those Twitter threads and hundreds of people poured in. And that's the beginning and the founding of WOC Podcasters, the community. Now, that same opportunity that came out released that there were 18,000 applications, which is why they were delayed. So it was just a, like so many women of color who are interested in podcasting. And that always became my goal It's like, I'd love to capture that initial like enthusiasm from 2018. Um, and over the years, the mission has continued to stay the same, amplifying women of color podcasters and audio creators through resources and learning and opportunities to connect, share and learn from experts. So we offer like Trainings every month, fireside chats. Uh, we have an extensive resource library, connection opportunities. Again, to just amplify folks who are in this space who definitely need the support to grow and potentially monetize.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad that you that you mentioned you know everything that you just mentioned, obviously. But you know, I'm thinking about right now, and I know that. Apple Podcasts, you know, they'll feature different shows and although that doesn't necessarily, you know, that's not a direct correlation between a show's success, I think it's really important for folks to always be looking at when there's like best of lists or the shows you should check out, really look at who's being left out. Um, One of my favorite podcasters, Bridget Todd, her show, and credit to Apple, they've, they've featured There Are No Girls on the Internet a few times, and they've featured her for Black History Month, which is great, and it's sort of like let's keep that energy going all year. Um, I'm wondering, you know, I as a podcaster myself, I think it's really important when you want to amplify the work that is truly cutting through what is a sea of uh, a certain demographic, especially in the world of podcasting, I think it's really important if you've got that time to, like, rate, review, do that. It makes a difference. I don't know if you want to talk about any other ways that, you know, consumers of podcasts, if that's something that they want to do, what are some other ways that they can also make sure that marginalized folks who are in the space, who they've launched that show, how can you continue to support them?
1: Yes, absolutely. So rating and review viewing is a good option. For social proof, so and also feedback for the creator, so that we read these reviews that we can hear from you because it's really hard for us to connect with you outside of the app, right? Unless we're connecting on social media. So, rating interviews are great for um, showcasing that you love the show and to connect with the creator. But there are also opportunities like if they have a Patreon page or a buy me a coffee page that's an opportunity for you to financially support them with, you know, maybe that's five bucks, 10 bucks a month that that they can continue going. Um, So that's a great way. A financial incentive can be a great way to support creators. Also, another way is to literally share the episode that speaks to you. Text it to one or two friends, talk to your friends about it. Word of mouth is one of those like underground ways that like a lot of podcasters are finding their true fans. So uh, whenever you can mention the show uh, that you really enjoy. And for me personally, as a creator, I love when my listeners actually reach out to me via like Twitter or Instagram, DM me and say, hey, I was listening to this episode and you told me to like reach out to you. Or sometimes they don't even t- they didn't even mention the episode. They're like, they just respond with whatever the prompt was. So actually reaching out can be another great way to support their creators. I don't, I don't think people realize how isolating content creation sometimes feels, right? Um, sometimes the negativity speaks volumes than the people who praise our work. So anytime you can connect with the creator, support them, or just share their work, it is absolutely greatly appreciated.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think sometimes there's a few things that you said, you know, folks might underestimate. And one of them is, you know, just the sheer I think if you are from a marginalized group, you know, I still get hate mail in terms of like, you know, why do you have to talk about anything LGBTQ? Why don't you, you know, shut up? That's like the polite version of some of the messages that I get. And we were talking earlier about you know, as much as I would love to say, like, it just rolls off my back. I don't mind it. Of course, like I'm human, right? You know, I, I feel like I've developed some coping strategies, but you're absolutely right. Receiving some of those positive messages, like I try as best as I can to really focus in on those. Um, and again, I every time I've reached out to somebody who hosts a show that I love, I always hear back. So sometimes I think people really think like, Are they really reading those messages? They are. I'm so glad that you brought that up again, too. Um, You know, outside of of that work, you also have an amazing, and listeners, I'm gonna link to everything we're talking about here over in the show notes to make it nice and easy for you to go find it, your Grants for Creators newsletter and the work that you're doing uh, for Grants for Creators on TikTok I really think of as the leading guide you know, to understanding the changing ecosystem of grant applications. You share so generously. I don't know anybody else out there on the internet who is, you know, again, creating as much guidance around that topic as you are. And I, I know it must, it must take so much time, so much research, I can't even imagine. I'm wondering if you can talk to listeners about where the drive to educate about grant applications comes from. Yes. I think it's
1: from the lack of education. So I've been content creation and the creation space since 2015. And it's like a handful of creators who have openly discussed winning an award, winning a grant, an accelerator, a fellowship. I know we do, but it's just not one of the income streams that comes to mind for an artist, a journalist, a photographer, podcaster, an author, so when I started winning awards in 2020, um, and it's so funny because like the first question you talked about was how WC Podcasters got created, and it was through an award I applied for. And it's just like, what? That's like 2018. So it's like I could see the breadcrumbs of like this has always been like part of my story. I just didn't uncover, uncover it until today. Uh, but it wasn't wasn't until 2020 that I started just Haphazardly applying to funding opportunities, throwing my hat in the ring, and actually winning them—that I was like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, like I am winning like two thousand dollar grants, five thousand dollar grants, five hundred dollar grants to support the production of my podcast, a travel podcast. You know, like I feel like I'm changing the world with my content, but not not like in this like humanity. Like it's not like a huge like you know. It's more funsies. So. Having okay, the, world needs fun. the world needs yes, fun. Yes, that is true. That is the very true. Fun. But I think like as creators, we have this mentality of like grants are only for nonprofits. They're for brick and mortar businesses, hard businesses, and they're for researchers or like artists. Like sometimes we see artist grants. So it's like we have these like super siloed views of what and who wins grant funding. So we just count ourselves out and for me i've realized that like if i am looking for the word my craft like a podcaster or blogger or writer in the grant application i am just going to find very very few submissions that i qualify for but if i'm like no i am a small business owner i am like every other mom and pop shops across the street from me um then i'm like wow like i have so much more access so It's really just bringing to light that there are opportunities out there, how for us to qualify ourselves, the mental gymnastics we kind of struggle with sometimes with like, are we the right fit for this award? And I feel like I hope people who follow me are like, let's just see what happens. Because you might submit an opportunity and you just win $50,000, For your project and program and how life-changing can that be? But if you don't submit, if you don't count yourself in, you're not even in the running.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad that you mentioned that because, you know, I think it's sort of the idea of who has access to their dream and who doesn't, you know, and I... Every time, you know, some of the world's billionaires, when they get held up as like, oh, they were so innovative and that's incredible. And it's sort of like, you know, do your research. There was a lot of generational wealth that made that dream possible, right? Not everybody has access to that kind of funding or that kind of network. So grants can, again, be that entry point to, you want to be a small business owner, you know, you should also have some access to pursue that, right? And I know that. You know, it's interesting because this actually just happened before we hopped on this call where uh, I had shared something and somebody just really appreciated, like, the design element that went with the podcast episode and they had commented and said, like, that's really cool. How did you make that? And so I just commented back and it was like, oh, I use this app called Descript as well as Canva Pro. Like, you put the two together. They're not super expensive, but those two things put together can do some great things. Somebody sent me a message and they were like, why would you reveal that? And I'm thinking, why wouldn't I? You know, and I I worry that with this world, sometimes there's so much knowledge, knowledge that's like behind this walled garden. It's not shared publicly. And I know that your network includes a lot of folks in that grant writing space who are aware of tools, right? And I, I'm wondering if you want to talk to what it means to demystify that process where you're right. It seems like there's so much secrecy around can I do that? How do I do that? Because it seems like, is that our grants are awards just for some folks? Um,
1: yeah, I think for me, the easiest thing is to show, to showcase to people just how many awards are there and let people start to self-qualify. Um, over the last year, 2022, we shared 655 opportunities, which when we counted it up, we're like, whoa, like we're just, you know, doing our day to day, finding grants and putting it in a newsletter. Like we didn't think it was going to be like hundreds of opportunities. Um, so I think putting it out there, like whatever it is that you're working on, just putting it out there will it'll start to build momentum when and you'll start to attract people who are curious and who are interested and who see the value in your work and who would want to support you to do that. I think I think because I don't see a lot of people talking about grant funding, they just don't understand how to find grant funding. Um, that becomes the first thing because sometimes they're like, I'm really excited now, what, what do I do to do that? So I have been able to like speak on different stages, whether that's like in-person events or inside memberships. Um, I'm even thinking about like offering actually, I've done like an ask me anything session within our newsletter community in the past where people can ask questions about like how that I use like my methodology for finding grants. Um, this is a abundance mentality because once you know that there's so many opportunities out there, telling people one or two strategies of how you are able to find them isn't. It's like no skin off your back because you know that there is another opportunity that's coming down the line, right? Um, I also really believe that sharing grants is like a love language. So there's like words of affirmation and there's physical touch and all these like the five love languages, right? But I also feel like when someone shares with you an opportunity that you feel like you vetted for yourself, you think that it's the perfect fit for them that's an act of love like i care about you i saw something and i thought of you right and i share that with you and that's really how the grants creator is started is cuz i was just finding stuff for myself sharing it with my friends but then i felt like this is too much like i'm emailing them like five times a day with like five opportunities and i love them but i just wanted it to be like more streamlined um so it is an act of love when you are you know sharing and again if you share a tidbit, it's not the whole recipe. Like it's just, a, it's literally a tidbit that can help them. And sometimes our tidbits don't even, it's not even helpful at the end of the day. It's like insightful, but it's not helpful. So I'm really about abundance. And when you start to see the number of opportunities that there are out there, you really start to tap in. Like there's so many, there's no need to have this closed door a uh, mentality. Um, and there's a way that you can be profitable too, right? Because at the end of the day, this is like a business I'm running. And I have like ways that I'm like, I can still be giving, but still be profitable at the end of the day as well.
0: I'm so glad that you brought up the love and care piece. And I think that's really going to resonate with the audience of this show. You know, folks in education who are often, you know, hopefully positioning themselves as like, I want to help students keep dreaming. I don't want to shut down their dreams. And again, I, I just, I'm thinking about the implications for teachers, even just, hey, one newsletter show this to some of your students who they have that entrepreneurial spirit or again they they are dreaming of i want to start a show um you know i want to follow my passion somewhere because you're right i was i was completely stunned like anytime again i'm seeing one of your lists come out i am also like that's wild i had no idea and i think as you said it, it really is coming from that standpoint of abundance which we need that reminder right because i think So often the messaging that we're getting is the exact opposite for that. Um, I actually want to quote you back to you. So apologies for this. Uh, You did a great 2022 wrap-up newsletter where you have this really powerful message. So here's the quote. Creators, Creators are starting to envision themselves as small businesses worthy of applying for all different types of funding, end quote. Again, listeners of this show folks who are educating those future entrepreneurs, future visionaries, present day entrepreneurs and visionaries as well, they are extremely dedicated to creating more equitable, more just futures. And they know if you head over to Google and you Google business leader or visionary, even when you're thinking about who are the folks that get that main role in a TV show or a movie, um, you know that's not an inclusive picture can you talk to educators about what they can do now to encourage students to understand how important grant writing is and what they can do to feel confident in seeking grants? Because, you know, again, just that idea of feeling business worthy, right? I I really like that idea. Uh, Maybe there's even a story of someone you've partnered with that illustrates that point.
1: Yes. um, This is such a great uh, point because imagine life if, we knew about grants as like creators and small business owners, like when we were younger, like imagine the accumulation of like grant skills and maybe even the X amount of opportunities that we would have been able to like spearhead in. And as a result, like, right. So I would love to see more educators talking about what is a grant, how do grants work and how grants can support their projects and bring someone in, bring someone in who is a case study, who can speak to their experiences of how grants has like transformed their life and transformed their business and what it has been able to do. Right. Um, think about like when children and younger people, they think about professions, there's something that they admire, right they admire the doctor they admire the nurse they admire the firefighter and then there's something that captures them so sh- i think showcasing and and having people speak in their own words like how this has been an option for them i think will make this normalize this is what my big point is like i want to normalize creators winning grant funding and there's actually quite a bit of opportunities for younger younger people and younger folks so It doesn't always have to be like, I'm creating this thing. Um, So one of the creators who signed up for my newsletter recently told me that they won a grant that allowed uh, their class to go on this like outdoor adventure. So the grant was all about like making sure children are spending time outdoors and disconnecting and they won funding for that. And they were able to go visit like a national park or something like, like nearby. I'm interviewing them. So I'll know the full story soon. But it's like grants can help you fuel your project, program, or business, but it can just also provide that financial incentive so you'd be able to do something, like go on that trip or accomplish whatever that goal is. Um, so I think that it just looks different. Again, if we open our mind into like what funding can do and then we have our initiatives, we could start, when we see an opportunity, we can start to qualify and say, I think I have a good idea for that. One more thing I just wanted to mention also is that for me, sometimes a grant inspired me to create something. So actually the first grant I won, I was all for the mission and for the vision of the grantor. And I was like, I have an idea in my back pocket that I would have never considered putting out of my back pocket because I don't have the funds to do it. So it can be a very creative process too, to like get in the habit of like, taking a look at grants with your class and, and seeing, okay, like what could come out of this grant? And also what initiatives do we have that can be supported by grants as well? So there's two sides to it.
0: I love that, that like reverse engineering of it. And I know folks who are business teachers who are listening right now are like, guess what I'm doing next week? That's an amazing idea. So again, if you want to see just that incredible range of grants Danielle, I can't think of anybody else who is just putting it out there in the way that you are doing. You know, I would say check out the newsletter, but also I love what you're doing with TikTok. And, um, you know, I I think sometimes TikTok gets sort of slammed as like a time waster, which it can be as a, you know, a dog parent, like dog TikTok is, is good. I have to be careful with that. But there are also, there's so many amazing educational opportunities out there. Actually, I wonder if you just want to sort of talk briefly about what you're doing with TikTok. And I know that I will have some listeners who are like, what? What is happening with with her TikTok? Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? It was hard to, I said TikTok a lot in that last section there. (laughs) Yeah. So TikTok and I
1: have this really um, tumultuous relationship, I would say. Uh, But I have gotten to the frame of mind to be like, I can use TikTok to provide like the inside scoop and like the behind the scenes and like what I'm learning in this space. Because mind you, I am fairly new to like the private grant sector. Like this only has been something I've been working on since 2020. And the, the actual newsletter is a project of 2022. So I'm still new. I'm not like an experienced grant writer with like 20 years of experience. And you know, so I just love sharing the behind the scenes, things I'm thinking about, insights. um, And I'm really surprised that it's taking off. Like I have little baby mini viral moments for different, you know, TikToks I create. But I think of it more of as a conversation. So it's like if me and a friend were sitting down, I'm like, hey, this is what I'm thinking about or learning. And it's been very fun. One thing I noticed is that a lot of people, um, some people on TikTok have like, they share the grant opportunities on the screen and then it's so fast and you have to like stop and play. It's like, you're just like fighting to figure out what opportunities that they mentioned. So I don't like to do that. It's more of like conversational, educational insights and tips. Um, And then whenever I'm hosting like a workshop or something like that, I do like to slice those videos and provide them as like short snippets. So even if people don't have a chance to attend a workshop, they can still get like a powerful moment from um, that session.
0: Yeah, again, like that generosity piece. And sometimes I think, you know, experience can be helpful, but I've got to be honest with you. I will take the coach and the mentor who has that clarity of purpose and mission. And, you know, you mentioned care and love, and that comes clear that's comes through so clear in your work. And I would rather work with someone like that rather than the person who might, maybe they've got the 20 years of experience, but I feel like sometimes experience um, is not the most important thing in a mentor and a coach. So folks, again, feel free to send me a message about your thoughts on that. But um, I do think check out all of Danielle's offerings on social. And I think you'll you'll get a sense of what I'm talking about. So thank you so much for giving up your time coming on the show and providing us some really interesting ideas for ways that we can make sure that this generation of students, they understand just how many grants are out there waiting, waiting to help and support their dreams. I love that. Yes, yeah, stay
1: inspired and would love for you to you know, check out grantsforcreators.com. Um, so, uh, we send out a, a newsletter every other week and, uh, I feel like it's a party every, every time it's like, woo! like it's a, it's a fun time. It's a fun time every other week. So would love for you all to join us as well.
0: Well, you know actually sorry, in closing, you know I might have that teacher of of entrepreneurship, that business teacher listening and maybe they want to invite you to be a guest speaker. Is that an opportunity? And absolutely. If so, yeah, right.
1: absolutely. So feel free to reach out to me at, at com. That would be the best place to connect with me and yes, I'd love to help, you know, spearhead next generation learning about grants and how powerful it can be. Please reach out to me. Yes.